This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. I want to start this service in maybe a little different place than I did any of the others. If anyone, you listen to what I'm about to say to you very carefully. If anyone says to you they have arrived spiritually, they are much further away than they ever knew. When we begin to feel like we have arrived spiritually, like we're some kind of a done product, we are mistaken. Because we all have room to grow. We all have room to become what God wants us to be. And I want to stand here and as the pastor here for 30 years and tell you, I feel like I'm just getting started good. I feel like God's just teaching me. And this week as I've been working in our translation project, I've been in the book of Revelation and I've been translating the the description of the Lord. And you talk about making you want to weep when you talk about his eyes like fire and his voice like the sound of rushing mighty waters. And just just the the shaking of that moment. And, And But there's one part that has stood out to me just tremendously where he said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hold, hold on a minute. Let me say that again. I am the same when? Yesterday, today, and forever. That our God does not change. Now, this is important. And let me tell you why. For some reason, this goes back to, to a specific Sunday when I was not much older than a lot of these young people sitting right in here. It goes back to the day that I remember it was the Sunday morning after Jimmy Swaggart's sobbing confession. The altars in the church filled that day. They filled with people weeping over the fall of this great man of faith. They, they filled with people shaken by, uh, by what he had, had confessed. They, were, they, they, they looked at each other. I watched with my young eyes as they looked at each other, and they said, how are we going to keep going on? And I'll never forget what my dad said to me. I said, Dad, why was all of this happening? He said, Son, their faith was in a man, and men will always fail you. Men go through struggles. Humanity rises and falls with times of their life. But when Jesus says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever, he's saying, I'll never, I've never failed you. I can't fail you now, nor will I ever fail you because I'm the same guy there. And, and what it really also says to me, and I love what this truth is, it says to me that he says what, what the truth is, no matter what you did yesterday, that's not going to change who I am today to you. You might have messed up. My goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost already. You might have messed up yesterday, but it does not change my goodness and my plan for your life today. But here's where most of us spend our lives, categorizing ourselves and wondering if our yesterday has ruined our today and prevented our good tomorrow. And the truth is this. Listen to what I'm about to say to you. A lot of us are living in limited todays, expecting limited tomorrows because we've lived with too much image on what happened yesterday. 
But that's not the God that I've come to preach to you today. The God that I've come to preach to you says, get your eyes off of your failures of yesterday and get your eyes on the goodness and the grace and the mercy of the living God. My goodness, I feel him that who he is today and you'll realize that though you may have messed up, God's had a good plan for your life all along. Amen. And you see, we categorize things. So I want you to think about those categories for just, just a moment, like yesterday, today, and forever. Let's go to John chapter 20, verse number 24. So we read the scripture together today. Last week I brought you a message called Run to the Tomb. And, and Run to the Tomb was, was where you find your faith in, the, in a resurrected Savior. But what happens when, when you have a category problem? Let me just say it this way. What happens when your category looks more like a scattergory? Now one of the 12 disciples, his name was Thomas, he, he was nicknamed the twin. Have you ever wondered who he was the twin of? He was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we have seen the Lord. They're all excited. We saw the Lord. The Lord's alive. But Thomas replies, I won't believe it. Notice this. Unless I see the nail wounds in his hands. Unless I put my fingers in. I mean, that's a little. He says, I not only want to, I don't want it to be an illusion. I'm going to investigate it. I'm going to check out the evidence. And then he says, notice this, and unless I put and place my hand into the wound in his side. I mean, does that sound normal to you? I want to stick my hand up inside of there. Does that sound odd to anybody else? It's odd. He makes it clear, this is what I've got to see. Notice this, not within next, not the next day, not the next day, but eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them, and the doors were locked, but suddenly as before, Jesus was standing among them, and he said, peace be with you, he said to them, and then he said to Thomas, he said, Thomas, come here, Thomas, come here, and he's like, no, Lord, I'm good, he's like, no, come here, Thomas, I want you to put your finger here and look at my hands. Examine the evidence. Let me just say that again. Examine the evidence. Would you say that with me? Examine the evidence. Examine the evidence. Put your hand here and examine the evidence. And as you, as you put your hand then into the wound on my side, don't be faithless any longer. Believe. And what does he say? I love these words. They're so important to our faith. He says, my Lord and my God. So something happens when he examines the evidence that changes him and it gives him a different perspective of what and who Christ is. I love this. This is so beautiful. Something happens, and I can't help but think about this this morning. I don't mean to preach about this, but why is it so important that he examines the evidence of the wound on his side? That's something I want to know what he saw. Something that he saw when he looked inside there and reached inside of there made him draw back and say, my my Lord and my God. The evidence was overwhelming. The evidence was life-changing. Can I tell you, the evidence of the God that I've come to preach to you today is overwhelming and life-changing. Now, you got to stay with me for just a moment because I, I'm not there yet. I'm already, this is the third time into this. I'm excited already, but I'm going to get you there. Just, just, just stay on the train just a minute more, okay? Stay with me. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. He said, look, 
You've seen this. You put your hand in it. Why was it so important? There's some kind of evidence that he sees that blows his mind. And he says, you believe because you see me, but blessed are those who believe without seeing me. He said, you had to see it. But there are going to be some people who are going to come who are going to believe it, even though they have not yet seen that. But can I tell you, listen to this preacher, the evidence is no less real. And I feel what I'm about to say to you today. Now, my wife gets really upset with me because I categorize people. When you pastor six different locations, multiple services, thousands of people, you, you have to kind of begin to categorize it. And she hates it, hates it because I'll be sitting somewhere and I'll, I'll, I'll have somebody that'll be in that category walk in and I'll go, hey, look at that. Doesn't that remind you of so-and-so? And she always goes, no. Thank God for Jordan, our daughter. Because she always goes, yeah, they do, Dad. I'm like, see, see, she sees it. And she gets so tired of me categorizing people. But I said, why are you tired of me categorizing people? Everybody does that. Everybody categorizes their entire lives. You say things like this. Oh, I was just waiting on that. Or here we go again. We all put things into categories. We all see some people as winners and some people that we're wondering if they'll ever win. We all put people into categories, whether we should or shouldn't. We place things in categories in our lives. And it's just like that. What I was saying to you is we categorize our own lives by what happened to us yesterday, what's going on in our world today, and what's going to happen tomorrow. So yesterday, today, and tomorrow are actually categories. And we lose hope. Because we think that what happened yesterday somehow determines what happens today and tomorrow. And you're right. You can be reaping today what you sowed yesterday. For God is not mocked. What a man sows, that shall he reap. But listen to what I've come to tell you today. That just because you sowed bad yesterday doesn't mean that the power of the blood of Jesus Christ can't overtake the bad sowing of yesterday and bring you to a better place today. This is important. So the problem is, we don't have a category for something. Thomas didn't have a category for a risen Savior. We're like, how dare you not have a category for risen Savior? Let's just say your boss dies. And I come to you after you've seen him die and say, hey, your boss is out there wanting to talk to you. And you're like, excuse me? How many of you would not be excited about that meeting? Come on now, amen? You'd be like, I thought he was gone. Because you don't have a category for that. I love the fact that Jesus doesn't beat up Thomas. He doesn't say, well, Thomas, you should have been believing. No. He meets him and says, Thomas, your problem is you don't have a category for what I'm trying to do in your life. Can I just go ahead and tell you? That everybody who had declared themselves Messiah and had come and gone had not arisen from the dead. There was no category from somebody who raises from the dead before. There was category for someone that Jesus had raised from the dead. There was maybe a category from some Old Testament prophet for somebody that had been arisen. But there was no category where somebody said, if you kill me, three days later I'm going to get back up because the power of the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow me and I'll come back. And watch this. There's no category for Jesus. I, I think that's the problem. I think most of us are trying 
to put Jesus into a category like some pansy God who sits on some metal pedestal or sits on some stone carved rock somewhere that everybody's bowing down in front of and we're expecting that to be Jesus. But our God looked death, hell right in the eyes and said, you can't hold me back. I'm creating a new category. I'm going to show you who the King of Glory is. Come on now, amen. Now I'm getting you somewhere. You see, the problem is, because we don't have a category for it, we reject it. And we tend to have a tendency to reject anything that doesn't resonate with our prior experiences. We've not seen it happen, so we can't believe it. Let me say it again. We've not seen it, so we don't have a category for it. We get a diagnosis that we've never seen anybody heal from. We can't believe God for a healing for that because we don't have a category for that healing. Can I preach for a minute? I'm going to break my own rule for just a second. Are you ready for this? Because you guys up there may have to stand up to see this. Are you ready? Stay with me. Stay with me. Here we go. Don't you feel like you can do this just because I'm doing it? Come on now, preachers. I'm looking at you. Watch this. I'm making a point. If I ever get diagnosed with cancer. I'm going to tell you where to find me. Are you ready? Right here. Why? Joe, why? Come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. Come here, I want them all to see you out there. Why? Why am I standing right here? Because I was told I was going to have cancer and I stood right in this spot and they prayed over me. I did not have cancer. You see, I have a category that has been created by an evidence. Am I making sense to anybody that because of the evidence of the category that was created here, she's one of probably dozens that have been through the last 30 years who have stood right here and we've laid hands on them. Thank you so much. Tell her you love her. Let her, let her know you love her. Amen. But we've laid hands on them, and they have been healed. You can tell me all day long that God doesn't heal from cancer, but I've watched it my whole life. I've watched God deliver. I've watched God heal. And because I've watched it, I have a category of it. Now, see, your problem is because you don't have a category, you don't know how to create a category, and I've come to tell you that God's placing evidence all around you of what he can do, and God places evidence of his goodness surrounding you so that you can change your categories. Can I preach just a minute more? Help me. Can I preach just a few more minutes? You see, the problem is this. We have categories for our failures because we've lived there for so long. We have categories for our regrets. We have categories for our shame. But I've come to preach to you a God who is a healer, a deliverer, a refuge in a time of trouble. He doesn't care who sits in what office. He's still king of kings because Jesus still sits on the throne. Amen. But the problem is you've never seen it before. You can't tell me my God can't do it because I've seen it. I believe it because I've witnessed it. But Pastor Don, you don't understand. Nobody here has been through what I've been through. No, no, you don't understand. Somewhere in one of these campuses, in one of these services, there's somebody who's been through what you've been through, and God brought them through it. Well, we could stand here all day long. 
describing the different situations in this room that change categories. Can I just pick on y'all in the front row? Darkest day of your life. You weren't supposed to come back from that. That beautiful little boy, gone far too soon. You weren't supposed to come back from that. You're not supposed to be in God. You're supposed to be strung out somewhere, messed up, trying to figure out how to deal with it. But you know what I saw earlier? I didn't see messed up. I saw somebody on their face before the King of Glory and somebody worshiping the King. Why? Because God gave you a category that says that even though He slay you, yet you shall serve Him because God's still good and God's still faithful and you shall see Him again someday. Amen. That's the kind of... I have a category that says we will. Amen. Some of you go, but Pastor Don, you don't understand. I, I just, I just, I, I've just never seen anything like it. I get that. But listen to what verse 29 said. He said, blessed are those who believe even though they've not seen. You see, we sometimes miss the simple truth I'm about to give you. Sometimes believing is seeing. This is important. Some of you will never see how good God is because you don't believe him and you're not looking for him. Some of you feel like, boy, I was lucky today. I don't need no rabbit's foot. I don't need no horseshoe. I don't need no lucky numbers. And I don't need to turn a circle and throw salt over my right shoulder. Come on now. Why? Because my life is not based on luck. My life is based on the fact that all things work together for the good of those who are called according. Come on now. Who love Jesus and are called according to his purpose. My life is controlled by the fact that he's in control. You see, the reality is you have not because you ask not. You haven't believed, so you haven't seen it. But God's been moving all around you. You just don't have a category to believe it, so you don't know to ask for it. Now, there's a two weeks ago, Christine and I were ministering at our Florida campus, and I I sat there in the service, and and two things happened that, that are new categories for me, or categories for me. One, Everywhere it seems to be that since God's changed so much here in Dawsonville, I go, people go, will you baptize people? I'm like, I'm used to baptizing people. They're like, we, we need a miracle. Will you baptize somebody? You see, we've created a new category. So while I was in Florida, they pulled out the baptistry, filled it up during the service, and we baptized 15 people. And God changed their lives. Last time I was in Israel, people were like, you're one of those guys who baptize people and they get healed? I was like, well, I baptize people. And some of them get healed. And they're like, you're baptizing me in the Jordan River. I said, it's December. (laughs) They said, we don't care. And I began to baptize them. I stood in the Jordan River in December until... (laughs) And that wasn't the Holy Ghost. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) And I was freezing to death. And I'm baptizing one. And I'm floating them down the river. And God's healing them. God's setting them free. God's delivering them. Why? Because something that happened in Dawsonville created a category that's shaking the world now. Watch this now. And God was healed. I still get messages from people who say, I was bound with drugs when I got in that water with you in the Jordan but today I'm free. My marriage was falling apart, but God healed my home. You see, God gave them a new category of belief system when they stepped in and met somebody who had a different category system. Am I making sense? 
because we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. So I'm standing preaching in the Chipley campus, and as I'm preaching in the Chipley campus, I'm imagining what God's doing, and I'm remembering back to the fact that we weren't planning on having a, a, the Chipley campus not in Chipley. It's actually in a place called Walsall. And so I, I'm like, War Hill and Walsall, that makes sense. But we're having the Chipley campus in Walsall, and as I'm standing there, I'm remembering the day, I'm driving around, praying in the Holy Spirit, trying to figure out what building we were going to rent. And we came by this old building, and this building said on it, First Baptist Church. And I said, they don't work with anybody. And I said, something feels like I'm supposed to go there. I said, Lord, they've got their association. They're not going to work with us. He said, let's go there. I got Pastor Mack in the truck, and he's showing me all these places he wants to go. And I said, Pastor Mack, I think we need to go up that little old building on the other side of town. He said, oh, no, 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 no. That, 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 it didn't work that way, Pastor. I said, it doesn't work. What didn't work that way? He said, he said well, there's people in that building. They don't, people don't give you church buildings. I said, they don't. Do you know what happened 30 years ago? Two little churches met together, and there was a building that was debt-free, and that, but they came together and formed a new church called War Hill and turned that over to us, and that was number one. Since then, we've had eight different campuses and buildings given to us. Come on now, eight different ones. You see, I had a category he didn't have. Because my category was one he didn't have. Now, I'm about to get you where I'm trying to get you to today. The category I had he didn't have. He said, well, I mean, people don't work with you like that. I said, call them. He calls me back a few minutes later. and He said, uh, Pastor, they want to meet with us tonight. He said, can you meet with them tonight? I said, well, I'm supposed to be on vacation. Let me ask Christina. Took my life into my own hands. I said, honey. I got it. I mean, your vacation, I'm kind of still working, you know, and, and, and she's like, this was the day that we're supposed to be. I said, she said, fine, you go on anyways. Your mind's already there. Come on. Amen. I was like, good. <laughs> I get up there. I mean, like four or five hours later, I'm standing there and there's two people in the building, the entire congregation of the First Baptist Church of Wausau, two and they looked at me 20 minutes later and said, preacher, here's the keys. Here's our building. Use it for the glory of God. As a matter of fact, here's a bank account. Why don't you just remodel the whole place? Come on now. We'll use it for the glory of God. And it gets better than that. He looks at me. He said, just make me one promise. I said, what is it? He said, if you keep talking, he said, you're going to take everything I got. I said, what are you saying? He said, I'm afraid you'll talk me out of my shoes. Can I at least leave with my shoes? I said, what size are they? He said, 13. I said, oh, you're in trouble. Come on, amen. I said, he said, please let me leave my shoes. I said, brother, but I watched that same brother, a mighty man of God. I watched him with tears in his eyes as he watched 15 people the other day. It went from two to 15 people getting baptized in a packed out house full of kids for hearing about Jesus Christ, full of lives being changed with parking problems outside. Why? Because we had a category that needed to invade that atmosphere. I'm looking for some people. Am I making sense today? Who have a category to believe in a 
a God who heals, to believe in a God who delivers, who believes in a God who still sets people free from bondages, who believes that God can heal homes, restore futures, and can bring you joy. I'm looking for somebody who will have a right category, who will say with me, may the name of the Lord be glorified because he can do whatever he puts his mind to do. Amen. Why don't you give him a praise like he deserves? I said give him a praise like a God who wrote, wrote your categories. Amen. Amen. Let me close with this today. I called this message something I preached on a few years ago, learn more, see more. It's based on a principle. This is the principle. As you grow your categories, the wonder of your life will grow. For example, when I go look at the stars and I see the stars and I think of a verse, anybody know what verse that might be? The heavens are declaring the glory of the Lord. Oh, the heavens declare and look at his wonderful handiwork. Oh, the beauty that I see in the clouds. But as I peer at the stars, it's not the stars, but it's the colors that catch my mind. Because honestly, I haven't studied astronomy very much. I don't know it that well. But if you've studied astronomy and you look up, you see constellations. You see connections. You see universes and galaxies that I've not been trained to recognize. And you step back in an awe of who he is. Because you have grown and that allows you to see more of who he is. I imagine that a doctor who understands the intricacies of the human body can step back in awe and say, look what God has done. Differently than we would look at it. In my life, one verse might scream, but when I realize that that verse ties to this story and it ties in a scarlet thread to this passage and, and it all bundles it all up together and it all points back to Jesus the wonder increases why? because I've learned more I see more let me take you to a very spiritual place quote from a great book Prince Caspian by C.S. Lewis little Lucy Steals out into the night. And there she encounters Aslan. And Aslan says to her, a greeting, and she goes, Aslan, you have grown so much. And he says, Lucy, I haven't grown at all. She said, but you're so much bigger now, Aslan. And he says, no, 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 no. I'm not bigger. You are. Because you've grown, you can see more of who I am. You see, as I stand here preaching to you, I have seen 
people with the same scars as you be delivered. I celebrate when somebody sends me a thing that says, I've been set free from alcohol for 10 weeks. I celebrate when I see somebody who says, I was so abused and yet I have found joy. I, find, I celebrate when someone who says, I never dreamed I'd know what love was and now I've found love. I celebrate. Why? Because my categories have increased as I've watched His faithfulness. And what I'm doing today is inviting you to join me on the path because none of us have seen Him completely yet. He has so much more to show us. So much more for us to learn. If you think you can hold Him here, you're mistaken. Because he cast the seas with his voice. And from his hands he flung the stars. You go, but pastor, we know how big God is because we know that his train fills the temple. You would know if you could see what I have learned that the word train there does not imply the length of his train. It simply means a corner of the hymn. That if a corner, you see, if I knew how long his train was, I could then project how tall he was and project his size. But because I only understand the corner of the hem of his garment, I have no clue how big he is how, because he is fathomless. He is wonderful beyond compare. He, he, is, he is something more than we, our minds will never be able to comprehend because he's the highest of, uh, of the highest. He, he's the most beautiful the thing that the world and the universe has ever experienced. His glory and majesty know no end. You see, I can begin to postulate on how amazing He is because there's no limit to who He is. And I'm inviting you to learn more so that you can stand and say, I have a new category. My God will win this battle. Stand with me today. I'll never forget. So many of the ways, as I brought you right here, the first person I ever saw healed of cancer, I was a boy, and I watched God heal them. I watched Him heal everybody who was praying for Him. They were all just healed supernaturally. Some of your families were there praying for him. Supernaturally healed a little boy. God restored his health. I've never doubted that from that day that my God can do it. I've laid hands on so many people and seen so many miracles. I'm believing in a God who wants you to have categories Stretch to the point that someday you'll be able to stand and say, I've seen him do it. And he can do it for you also. Bow your heads with me in this place. Those watching, those listening, God's speaking to you just as well right now. He wants to strengthen you and increase your categories. If you're in this place today and you would say with me, Pastor, I need God to deliver me, to help me, and to strengthen me. If that's you, could I just see your hand right where you are? Wow. Hands all over this place. God is faithful. God is faithful. And God is able. You can put those down. I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. 
I'm about to cast another net though and this one is an invitation to meet the one who changes categories to meet Jesus to let him take you from a category of a life lived for yourself and sin to a life lived for his glory as you surrender your heart and soul to Jesus Christ one of two things is about to happen you're either about to give your life to Christ for the very first time or you're going to rededicate your life to Christ if that's you I'm not going to embarrass you I didn't embarrass anybody else to just raise their hand but I want to pray with you right where you are if that's you let me see your hand right where you are thank you thank you thank you looking around this room thank you looking around this room there's four are there others today this is your moment this is your time this is your hour thank you all right we're going to lift our voices together collectively you can put those hands down we're going to lift our voices collectively and i'm going to pray for you all and this is our prayer this is our praise that we confess jesus christ as lord and believe in our hearts that god raised him from the dead that we would be born again so i want you to help me pray that today collectively in this place with these four who have said today they want to give their lives to Christ. Let's pray together in Jesus' name. Jesus, Jesus. come on, I want more of you than that. Jesus, Jesus. by faith, faith. I confess I I am a sinner sinner. in need of a Savior. And in Jesus' name, name. I pray pray. that your grace will wash me clean. clean. Heavenly Father, I receive your covering, your love. And from this moment forward, Jesus Christ, the risen Son of God, is Lord of my life. I declare that God is my Father and heaven is my home and this matter is settled. Father, I thank you for those that have prayed that, some for the very first time, and some as a point of rededication today. I thank you, God, for those that maybe I couldn't even see that responded, or those that are going down the road right now as their lives are being changed for all eternity. I thank you, Lord, that you and your faithfulness are meeting them right where they are. And now, God, I'm asking you to increase our view of you and give us new categories of victory. Because you saw everyone who said they need your help. They need your deliverance. God, I'm thanking you. My goodness. I declare better days ahead of them. I declare they shall walk free because they will be able, as Pastor Sam read, they will be able to overcome by the blood of the Lamb and they shall have a testimony of a new category that came through your faithfulness in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.